What's the cost of failed trust? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this topic today with Jeff Hudson. He's the CEO of Venify. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. Tom, happy to be here. Jeff, we're talking about failed trust because Venify and Poneman Institute have conducted a recent study on this topic. So tell us up front, why study the cost of failed trust? What was the mission of your survey? So it probably makes sense to give a little context. We've been working on this problem for about nine years. And one of the things that we have found throughout that period of time is that people and mostly in this in the C-suite, the C-level of executives, have a good idea of how trust works in the physical world. They know how people get into their buildings. They know why inventory is locked up. They know why things are safe because they understand locks and keys and fences and cameras and guards. But then you ask them, how much of that world has actually moved into the digital realm? How much of the real world now is... You know, digital, not just bricks and mortars, and they say a lot of it. So you ask them questions, well, why do you trust what goes on in the digital world? And they don't know. They can't articulate it, but what they do is they say, well, there's this guy in the organization, either the CIO or the CISO, that worries about that. Well, the problem is that trust is not just about information technology. Trust is about the entire organization. In fact, the corporation's reputation, brand, identity, the reason, basic reason for being is somebody trusts them. Trust them to give them a product, trust them to deliver a service, trust them to keep them safe, whatever it is. It's trust. It's, it's, it's the basic notion. And we found that people don't get it. And because people don't get it, we're in, always on an education mission. And so what we decided is that one of the ways we could get people to pay attention was to speak the language of dollars and cents. And Ponymon is world-respected in, in coming up with uh, ROI and coming up with cost estimates on what happens when things break. So we kind of got together with them to do this study, and the results were astounding. Well, let's talk about the results, Jeff. What were some of the key findings? Well, so again, a little context here. Since people are generally not taking care of trust, they're not managing trust, and this was one of the findings, and I'll come back to that which means they're not really watching it. They're not paying attention to it. And if you're not paying attention to something, that's when the bad guys are going to get you. So your house is more likely to be robbed when you're not at home because you're not watching it. Your pocket's going to get picked when you're not paying attention. The bad guys know this. They don't want to get caught. And so they know when somebody's not paying attention to something, especially as fundamental as trust, they're going to attack it. And so a lot of what we have discovered over the last couple of years is the bad guys really are now paying attention to this. They understand it's a vulnerability because people aren't watching and aren't managing trust, and so they're attacking it. And so that was one of the key findings of the study. In fact, the major finding, sort of the summation of the study, was that for every one of the global 2,000, and these are 2,300 respondents, and these are people that are in information technology, information security. These are the experts. What they said was that for every one of their organizations that there is an exposure to failed trust of $389 million. Each one of them is exposed to $389 million of cost 
over the next two years due to failed trust. Now, if you take a look at the probabilities that are ascribed to that, the number comes down to about $40 million over a two-year period. That's a big number, and that is something that executives need to pay attention to because if you can say, look, I can show you a way to avoid a $40 million problem over the next two years or a $40 million cost or a $40 million loss, they pay attention. That's back to why we did the study. So one of the amazing things was $398 million. That's a huge exposure, but it came from the data that came from the 2,300 respondents. Four different kinds of failures of trust, six different cost categories, that's what it came up to. And there was a really good methodology used to categorize these costs. That one surprised us the most, one. The second one that was really surprising, well, actually, you know what? I have to say it wasn't that surprising to us because we see it all the time. But I think it's most surprising to everybody we talked to about the study is that 51% of the respondents said they do not know how many trust instruments they have in their environment. So certificates and keys, they do not know how many of these things are out there. And these are the things that give people access and allow people to get to data and get to systems, and they don't know how many are out there. And there's a halo effect on that, because if you ask somebody, you know, are, are you no good at this, uh, a lot of times they will inflate their response. So probably more like 75% of the people do not know how many trust instruments are in their environment. And that's very uh, consistent with what we find when we work with over 2,000. Well, Jeff, an interesting point you just made because you said that result didn't surprise you. Tell us a little bit about what did surprise you when you poured over the results. <laughs> well, actually, the dollar magnitude of the cost of trust was a really big issue. Another one that popped to the top that we weren't expecting along with the sheer magnitude of the dollar exposure, was the fact that SSH keys, which grant trust and access to a large number of systems and enterprises, are not being controlled at all. And the 2,300 respondents identified that as the number one problem and the number one trust problem that they have in their organizations. Surprising to me because, for the most part, that has been little known or as far as we're concerned, it's little known to people. We spend a lot of time educating them on what SSH does and how it actually grants access to their environment. So that was surprising. This is a global study, Jeff. What were some of the regional differences you uncovered and how organizations are protecting trust? Global 2000, are, it's, it's an interesting set of organizations because in a lot of ways they transcend geopolitical boundaries. Every one of our customers and almost every one of the Global 2000 uh, operates across many, many different countries. So they have different cultures, they have different laws, they have different constructs, social constructs, different ways they think about security, different ways they think about privacy. But what we did see is that in Germany, for example, there was a much higher awareness and there was much more attention paid to this notion of trust. And you can make some assumptions about why that would be true. France, less so. UK had a high awareness, but they hadn't done as much about it. UK and US were roughly the same. Australia was not as concerned about it. And you can make up stories as to why that's true for all these different places. So there, there is regional variation. The one that was probably stuck out the most is Germany is the most advanced in thinking about trust. 
and how do you control and manage trust so that you don't have the exposures that this study points to, the cost exposures. But everybody's really deficient in, in doing a good job of managing trust, regardless of where they are. So we've talked about how organizations can lose trust. How do you advise organizations to regain control of trust? So there's really, I think, three major things that people have to consider. First of all, the number of trust instruments in these environments today, in the digital realms for all these corporations, far exceeds what most people in these corporations think is present. And that goes back to the earlier point, 51%, so they don't know how many there are. And I will tell you from our experience that we have seen very large corporations have an idea of how many of these instruments are in their environments, and we will find up to 10 times that number when we do a discovery. So they don't even know what's going on. So how can you manage it if you don't know? So the first thing people have to do is be situationally aware, understand the environment, know where the trust instruments are, the characteristics of them, there's just a whole lot of things they need to know about these things. So understand everything. And it's got to be done on a continuous basis because this, this environment changes so quickly. Number two is then connect people because people are ultimately responsible for these things to these instruments. Well, if you don't even know where they are, how can you connect the people to them? So connecting the people to them. And then the people are constantly changing. So you know, having a continuous process that connects and keeps the people that own and need to be responsible for this technology, these trust technologies connected to them. Then the third part is to automate this and automate it in a way that allows for the implementation of policies so you can establish policies saying for this class of trust we're going to use this kind of, this kind of certificate. But this is, we're talking mostly machine to machine here and this is something that needs to be automated because in one large corporation they thought they had about 30,000 certificates. Turns out they had 400,000 certificates. They don't have enough people to manage that. And all these certificates actually provided some kind of point of access. So you got to automate it. So there's three things. Know what goes on, connect the people, which then leads to putting policies in place, and then I'll fully automate it. Let's bring it back to a starting point. Where should organizations begin just to assess their own trust vulnerabilities? You know, that sort of ties into the previous point, but it's mandatory that organizations figure out where they are today, and it's a journey. This isn't something that happens overnight, and it's not localized on one class of technology. It's not localized on one kind of network. These trust instruments are pervasive. They work across technologies, across vendors, across medium. They're everywhere. And that's one of the reasons the bad guys are now attacking this, and they're attacking it a lot because you can't stop using trust instruments. They're out there, and they're vulnerable because people don't know where they are. So the first thing to do is to understand the current situation. On any journey, what you want to do is know what your starting point is and then map out your end state or where you want to get to at some point in time and then, you know, craft the path to get from here to there. But the very first thing to do is know where you are. You know, I liken it to Google Maps. You know, you press that little arrow that says this is your current location. Almost every one of the Global 2000, when they 
press that arrow, it comes back and says, can't find your current location. They do not know where they are with regards to this stuff. And that's just not acceptable. And I think the C-suite has to wake up to this. One of the things the studies did show is that the guys that are responsible for it and know about this and can spell SSL and SSH, um, and that was a little joke, but what they are saying is the guys that can understand this stuff, they're like the guys in the coal mines down deep saying there's water seeping in and the canaries are dying, there's obviously gas here, but the guys on the top are saying, gee, don't worry about it, coal's still coming up, keep digging. But there's trouble brewing. Well, the trouble's there. And so now what people have to do is wake up and understand where they are, what's their situation. Final question for you, Jeff. We started this conversation talking about the cost of failed trust. What do you communicate to organizations about how they can measure their return on investment by protecting trust? If, for example, one of the Global 2000 avoids one of these failures of trust in the study, especially if it avoids one of the ones that a lot of dollars prescribed to, you can just look at it and say, well, gee, right there, it paid back. But in general, what you can do is just look to a couple of examples. A major airline did not fly out of their major hub for eight hours because they couldn't load bags on planes. And the reason for that is a certificate failed. They didn't know about it. They didn't know it was going to fail. It failed, and the entire baggage handling system stopped working. What did that cost? That was a failure of trust. What cost would they have avoided had that not occurred? One, a very major web service, one of the biggest in the world, was down about a month ago for four hours because of a failed certificate. Again, a trust instrument failed. People couldn't get their information out. They couldn't put the information in. And so that cost them money just because people couldn't access it. But the other thing is that people then afterwards said, well, wait a second, this isn't reliable. So I'm not going to use this service as a place to put my data because I'm not going to be sure it's always available. So, again, failed trust, huge cost. And then if you look at some of the compromises that have occurred where the bad guys have actually stolen things like certificates and made done man-in-the-middle attacks, you know, it's not just cost in terms of dollars and cents. Sometimes it's cost in terms of human lives. And so to not know about where the trust instruments are not manage them so that there are failures of trust has enormous costs. And I just identified two really easily to quantify hard costs. But today still, back to my original point, the guys in the C-level suite don't understand how trust works in the digital world, and it costs them a ton of money. Jeff, thanks so much for your time and your insight today. Tom, thank you very much. It's good talking with you. The topic has been the cost of failed trust. I've been talking with Jeff Hudson. CEO of Venify. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.